Here's Tuesday's edition of Transformation Radio. As we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament, 
Our narrative today comes from the book of John, chapter 2, verse 18. We'll read through chapter 3, verse 6. Here is a bit of an overview of some of what we'll be reading today. Well, John is talking about the last days, the time between Christ's first and second comings. The first century readers of 1 John lived in the last days, and so do we. During this time, antichrists, false teachers who pretend to be Christians and who lure weak members away from Christ, will appear. Finally, just before the world ends, one great antichrist will arise. It's all uh, written about in the book of Revelation. Now, we don't need to fear these evil people, however. The Holy Spirit shows us their errors, so we won't be deceived. However, we must teach God's word clearly and carefully to the peripheral weak members among us so that they won't fall prey to these teachers who, quote, come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves, end quote. That's in Matthew 7:15. Now, the Antichrists were not total strangers to the church. They once had been in the church, but they did not really belong to it. John does not say why they left. It's clear that their reasons for joining in the first place were wrong. Some people may call themselves Christians for less than the best reasons. Unless it's a Christ-centered reason, you may not really belong. When a person becomes a Christian, he or she receives the Holy Spirit. Now, one way the Holy Spirit helps the believer and the church is by communicating truth. Jesus is the truth, and the Holy Spirit guides believers to Him. Now, people who are opposed to Christ are also opposed to His truth, and the Holy Spirit is not working in their lives. When we're led by the Spirit, we can stand against false teachers and the Antichrist. So ask the Spirit to guide you each day. And now let's begin our reading here today in the New Testament. December 2nd, the New Testament, 1 John chapter 2, verse 18, through chapter 3, verse 6. Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this we know that the last hour has come. These people left our churches but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. But you are not like that, for the Holy One has given you His Spirit, and all of you know the truth. So I am writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship we enjoy the eternal life He promised us. I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and He lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what He teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as He has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. And now, dear children, remain in fellowship with Christ, so that when He returns, 
you'll be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame, since we know that Christ is righteous. We also know that all who do what is right are God's children. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know Him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but He has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure just as He is pure. Everyone who sins is breaking God's law, for all sin is contrary to the law of God. And you know that Jesus came to take away our sins, and there is no sin in Him. Anyone who continues to live in Him will not sin, but anyone who keeps on sinning does not know Him or understand who He is. Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8. Well, this song expresses assurance and hope in God's protection day and night. He not only made the hills, but heaven and earth as well. We should never trust a lesser power than God Himself. But not only is He all-powerful, He also watches over us. Nothing diverts or deters Him. He is with us 24-7, 365. We're safe. We never outgrow our need for God's untiring watch over our lives. And the psalmist here invites us to look up to the Lord as he looks up to his holy mountain. He declares that our help comes from God, and we can trust that help because he's the one who makes the heavens and the earth. He's not going to let us stumble. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. And then he tells us that the Lord himself watches over you. He stands beside you. He is our protection, our covering. The sun's not going to harm you. The moon's not going to harm you. As a matter of fact, the Lord will not allow anyone or anything to harm you. Uh, he has your back all throughout life. That is a comfort and a deep, deep down, a blessed assurance. Psalm 121, verses 1 through 8. A song for pilgrims ascending to Jerusalem. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let you stumble. The one who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never slumbers or sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all harm and watches over your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. Proverbs chapter 28, verses 27 and 28. Whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. When the wicked take charge people go into hiding. When the wicked meet disaster, the godly flourish.
Here's today's In Touch devotion. Today's scripture reading begins in verse 54 of Luke, chapter 22, speaking of Jesus. Having arrested him, they led him away and brought him to the house of the high priest. But Peter was following at a distance. After they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter was sitting among them. And a servant girl, seeing him as he sat in the firelight and looking intently at him, said, This man was with him too. But he denied it, saying, Woman, I do not know him. A little later another saw him and said, You are one of them too. But Peter said, Man, I am not. After about an hour had passed, another man began to insist, saying, Certainly this man also was with him, for he is a Galilean too. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are talking about. Immediately, while he was still speaking, a rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked at Peter, and Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had told him, Before a rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went out and wept bitterly. Peter's pride in his own cleverness and strength got in the way of God's purposes. Christ sought a servant leader to guide believers after he returned to heaven. The former fisherman was an impulsive know-it-all, but the Lord saw Peter's potential, despite the disciples' arrogance. So the master craftsman used a sharp tool, humiliation, to break him. When the Lord's words conflicted with Peter's opinions, the disciple boldly rebuked Jesus. The Savior responded with pointed reprimands meant both to silence and to teach. In fact, Jesus needed to correct the disciple in front of his peers on several occasions. Ultimately, Peter failed in an area where he'd once felt great confidence, his commitment to die for the Lord. Instead, he ended up denying Christ three times before the rooster crowed. This final humiliation, witnessed by a group of strangers, shattered his self-assurance. It was a painful but necessary development, as Peter's pride had distorted his view of Christ's mission. He needed to see that Jesus came not as Israel's deliverer from Roman oppression, but as mankind's Savior from the power and penalty of sin. Thanks to his newfound humility, Peter was now ready for the role Christ intended for him as servant leader. How are you hindering God's work in your life? Be aware that He's determined to break you when necessary for your good and His glory. The Lord restored Peter as a more humble yet much greater man than before. He does the same for every believer who yields to His will. Yeah.
My name's Shane Faraday from Columbus, Ohio. I grew up in Clintonville, one of eight kids. Had a strong Catholic Irish family. I was 13 when I started using something in one form or another. In my early 20s, I started with painkillers. It got progressively worse to the point where I couldn't even uh, function without them. My father died when I was 32 and I wrecked my quad and almost died that day. I should be dead, but by the grace of God, he saved me. I heard about the refuge from my sister since I've been here for the first time since I was 13. I've been completely clean, and even more importantly, I found God for the first time. Even when I was in Catholic school, I never even knew who he was. I feel great right now. All you guys that are sitting there in Vinton County, stay strong. I'll see you up in second phase, and God bless you.
Lisa Hardy from Lebanon, Tennessee, who's an owner and manager, said, John, a minute with Maxwell, would you talk about the word frustration? Well, Lisa, I don't know if I have to talk about that word because I can promise you everybody that today is seeing Minute with Maxwell could basically raise their right hand and say, I have a testimony on frustration because life is difficult. Life is frustrating. Well, that's part for all of us. 
What separates people that are successful from people that are not is they don't allow their frustration to frustrate them to the level that it causes them to be ineffective. There's a verse that I use sometimes just kind of to myself when I'm going through a very difficult, frustrating time, and that little phrase is, this too shall pass. And it just helps me to understand that every day you've got your sticky parts and points, and that's part of life, and that's okay. Because every day it gives us a chance to kind of bounce back, come back, put our shoulders back, and kind of move forward. Frustration happens to you, happens to me. The separation in frustration is how we handle it.
The dawn is breaking and I can hear your whisper on the breeze. The world is waking and I am here to meet you on my knees. When I'm with you, my soul finds rest cause I can leave it in your hands. The day keeps coming. It's pulling me a million different ways I'm always running But never seem to catch the things I chase When I'm with you my soul finds rest Cause I can, Lord, I can leave it in your hands and Every sorrow I leave it in your hands Every sickness, I leave it in your hands. And my failures, I leave them in your hands. Amen. I can leave it in your hands. So I am laying the weight of all these burdens at your feet. There's no more waiting. Cause you've already won my victories And in Jesus my soul finds rest Cause I can, I can leave it in your hands In every promise I leave it in your hands Every healing I leave in your hands It's your hands that form the mountains Yes it is Your hands set boundaries for the seas And in your hands you hold tomorrow The same hands, Lord, that took the nails for me In every sorrow I leave it in your hands Every sickness I leave it in your hands And my failures I leave it in your hands Amen I can leave it in your hands And every promise I leave it in your
Transformation Radio. The following is a short clip of Pastor Tom Thompson's interview with Fairfield County's 90.9 FM. Well, how can local churches collaborate with the refuge to make this happen? We're going to uh, I'm going to roll out in, in 2015 an opportunity for a man within church to say a man there that has a calling a heart for for the the broken addicted and possibly and probably he's come from that lifestyle. And let's say he's on that pew, he's been in church, he's trying to determine where am I called. Based on that local pastor identifying that that person, I'd love to have a man from each church come together. We could collaborate. And this is where we're going to roll out something within the church to kind of equip them with, with what I would consider the tools that the addicted within the community could come to that church and, 
and we want to give them the tools, the equipping, and all the information they'll need to kind of be the local expert of what's available. And I'd like to get other places like ours, although there's not many, but I'd like to get as many as I can. And those that want to start things like this is where I'm at to help them, to encourage them to do these things. But it's not a burden. It's not I want to help people. It's a calling. It's I don't have anything else I can do. And that's the difference when it comes to to really getting in these type of ministries is you really don't have choices. It's been 16 years of war. And it's um, it, it's taken piece by piece, watching God move. But it, it is faith every day, and and so the calling keeps you in that path. And that's what we're looking for in churches: who's called to take those pieces on, to bring the church to the relevancy of of, of the culture. We've got a problem; the church has an answer. We've got to bridge that. Amen. I'm, so I'm involved. I'm getting opportunities right now to uh, to collaborate with with. Even the, 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 we need government, we need law enforcement, we need uh, mental health, we need every aspect within culture to come on board to work together on this solution. And the church should be right there at the table. And um, that's the that's the pieces that I'm seeing. If we really want to make a difference, we're all going to have to come together to fight against this. And and the fight for, of course, us as Christians. And here's kind of where I also, in collaboration with, kind of helping. This effort, number one, is prayer. If we have no prayer, there's nothing can move, and there's no changes of heart. Prayer is number one. We need is, is prayer warriors. We got to have people that are interceding, because a man can't change anybody. It, it's it's only God that changes a heart, and so that's the first thing we understand is we've got to we've got to ask and plead and humble ourselves before God, and and truly just expect Him to do what He does. And then the the second one would be they could easily engage. And like I just said, to, to be able to share the message and for the refuge piece, I'd love to have people to share that because we do have some empty beds. We do want to, to, to fill those. And, and so we're looking at people to go out and share the message that there is a place for people and there's no cost to these guys. It's absolutely free. So when they come in, we have not charged in 16 years. And then the other places to give. I said two-thirds of our budget is handled by the men themselves. The other third is by the churches, individuals, and people that are that are just so generous and, and, and loving, and, and that's who's been able to keep keep us going. So that's the uh, that's kind of the mission of, of where we really want to go is let's take it out uh, to the church. Next year I've been putting together materials for even maybe a recovery Sunday in all churches for the state of Ohio. Amen. That would and be the, awesome. Yeah, so speaking this is all coming of, together. Yeah, yeah, speaking of churches, you um, are willing to come out and share this message uh, with churches who want to, you know, find out more about this kind of thing. Uh, absolutely. And, and as well as that is bring some men because that's what the power is in the testimony. And so when the men come, and, the, and that could be a great outreach in itself for churches to, to be able to go out and gather. And the problem right now, Tina, is the stigma. People don't talk about this because they're just feeling ashamed, guilty. Parents are feeling guilty, ashamed. Nobody's talking to each other. And it's a secret, undercover thing within families. And we got to understand, we got to get that out of there. This is just the enemy, and it's twisted. And we've just got to understand that's what he does is kill, still, and destroy. And we got to expose him. You're so yes. right, Tom. Yeah. You know, we are out of time for today, but I want to let people know if they want more information, they can go to menslivesechanged.org. You can get a hold of Tom Thompson on uh, from that uh, page. Is that right? Yes. 
So go to contact us and you'll get the information and uh, definitely invite Tom to your church and find out more about that. If you know of a man who uh, could use this kind of a recovery process, the refuge is the place for that to happen. Thank you so much, Tom, for joining us today. Thanks for having me. So lonesome how I stand Where even angels fear to tread Invited by redeeming love Before the throne of God above He pulls me close With nail-scarred hands Into His everlasting arms When condemnation grips my heart And Satan tempts me to despair That scatters fear Oh The great I am The Lord is here Oh praise The one Who fights For me And shields my soul Eternally
Thanks for listening. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.